covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Mernier. Welcoming in fans of the 50-yard fight, this is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Heilman in here, as always, to lead you into this show. It is episode 92 of this show, but not just that. It is also less than a week Less than a less than three days at the time you're seeing this until we hit arena football action. The real thing is back, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in five years. And it'll be in the National Arena League. Well, yeah, four or four or five years. Well, kind of five. It's been a minute. But we're gonna get the real thing back for the first time in quite some time. And we get to lead you in. And finally, after a long offseason, one that we've been waiting for, I think one that me and my co-host have been waiting for the most in recent NAL years, it's finally upon us in just a few days. I'm going to bring him on in now, my good buddy, pal, co-host who knows the most, the guy that is pushing all the buttons and creating these amazing graphics. It is Jim Mernier joining me for the show. Jim, welcoming you on in. Glad to have you on as always. Dude, we are less than 72 hours away mm-hmm. from... NAL action from arena football action and actually saying it's arena football this time. I know there's some folks that they, they do bring that up in the last few years. Yeah. It's not the true game. You know what? It is the true original game this year. No one can say that now we're the only league in the nation that runs the original 1987 version of arena football. Once Isn't more. it beautiful though? It is gorgeous gorgeous like the nets are back you see videos and images from albany from orlando uh a little birdie told me um this weekend for jacksonville so uh it, it, arena football is finally back which is cool and exciting and one thing that it inspires me inspires you covering this league and this sport is the joy of the game itself um there's other leagues out there that play the similar rules, but they don't have the nets. The nets is what makes this sport what it is. And within 72 hours of the recording, that is for us, but for the people who are listening right now, you're under 24 hours uh, for the kickoff of the NAL, which will be Saturday, multiple games. We have three games uh, going on this weekend. And it's finally, this is the first time um, in seven and a half months uh, sent to us by Skyler Lane, uh, a listener of ours and a friend of ours um, that we're actually going to be breaking down and talking about actual football games, not previewing, not speculation. Toe hits leather at seven o'clock Eastern this weekend for the national arena league. Week one starts tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. Less than 24 hours. I was overcompensating the time. Think I'm thinking uh, I'm still on NFL time frame, still on spring football time frame. Some of the stuff going on right now, maybe USFL time frame too. But no, actually, yes, even more exciting. Less than a day. Mm-hmm. Good lord, man! Now it's really hitting me fast. <laughs> it's it's coming at me. I'm processing it now. But yes, we have three exciting football games for the 2023 NAL kickoff that you're definitely going to want to tune into. Of course, all on the NAL's own YouTube channel. All three broadcasts will be up. And uh, some goodies we might, we've might we heard for uh, improvements for the broadcast might are going to possibly be showing off week one. Um, some stuff that I've been calling for. I'm going to wait and, you know, we'll talk about it if that, if that does get executed. But 
if I, from what Jim and I have been heard, been told, does happen, I will be a very giddy boy come week two's week one's recaps to say the least. So keep that in mind, but no matter what you want to tune in, these guys do a great job at getting quality broadcasts across the board and great announcers across this league. Plus it's arena football, the real mm-hmm. deal. You're going to want to tune in everybody. And we're going to be previewing all three of the matchups with two of those, with two of those matchups, of course, uh, being new teams in the league. So we're going to give our opinions on how we think they'll fare in these leadoff games. Uh, Orlando, San Antonio, and Odessa, Texas all get to host week one games for the NAL season. It's the opening week. You know, there, there's a saying out there, uh, it's beginning to look like Christmas. It's beginning to look like arena football around these parts. So, um, again, two new franchises, but one of them's hosting, the other one is not. Mm-hmm. So, it, it will be... Uh, be intrigued to see what Odessa does when they host Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it'd be, you know what Orlando would do and you know what San Antonio would do for home games because they've done it. Um, so, yeah, it's I'm excited. And, again, how can you not break down arena football without talking about the game, talking about its past, and talking about the expectations of the future? Absolutely. And, and you know, what go ahead no i was just saying it's uh say what a better way to lead in to kick some things off if you are not saying that right because hey we are getting to break ground on again bringing back the original game week one and getting to see that kind of be brought it back into the fray once more all right jim here's the deal we have three we have these three games we're going to do this throughout the season the game of the week will get saved for last we're going to end it every time with the last game of the week hopefully we get you an interview with a player from the said game if we can do that as we are kind of reformatting some things we learn previous years we keep retooling the show that's how we work here on inside the walls but we're going to kick things off with our first game this week this weekend all of them are at the same time frame by the way seven o'clock eastern or six o'clock central depending where you're at as you can see the graphic on screen it is Fayetteville, the Mustangs, one of the new teams, a brand new organization straight from a expansion. They are going to be coming in. They will be traveling to Orlando to take on the Predators on that nice new turf field mm-hmm. as well. Brand new turf field. Looks gorgeous. We've seen in some photos. Thank you, Nancy Morris, if you listen in, for <laughs> contributing that to the community pages. Jim, Here's the deal. Fayetteville, we've had our, our thoughts on them for a minute. There are some solid veteran players. Obviously, they got James Summers recently, so they get to add on to that roster very nicely. Um, Orlando, you and I, a lot of promise. A team that I think, if things come together with Herky Walls, could be seeing some pretty good returns for a season that is going to be, hopefully, a rebound. What do you see as keys to this game with Fayetteville traveling for their first, their first arena game in history in their history and their first road game in their history? going to the jungle. Well, what's going to be unique about this situation is Orlando has no game film on Fayetteville. None. Yeah. At all. Fayetteville has all the game film on Orlando because the majority, a lot of the players from Orlando are returning from last year. Lonnie Outlaw, Brandon Fuentes, Joshua Jenkins, and you got a couple of receivers down there that are returning. But it's a question mark down to Orlando is the quarterback position. In Fayetteville, we have familiar names. We have a land, we have a James Summers, we have Kendrick Gings, uh, and we have uh, Rakeem Cato. Um, my 
if I was a coach, if I was Coach Walls, what should I do in this game? Watch film from previous Orlando games from your team. See how how Akeem, Rakeem Kato acts. And, and Mr. Zach here, you're the one that you know told Kato, calm down, let the let the game slow down, and you'll catch up. Um, but for Orlando's sake, I think based on the rosters and how we've seen this team in the preseason and the people who have stayed currently on the roster, now all, no, there was no big-time cuts in Orlando. Uh, the keys of the game for me for this one is, for, is, is, is Fayetteville. They right now have the better quarterback right now because Cato has the more experience, uh, more experience. But a lot of questions on that defensive side of the ball. You already know Kendra Ging is going to get the ball. You know James Summers is going to get the ball. They're going to score. And you on the other side, you're going to have guys in Orlando are going to score. Um, the key, to the, my key to this game is very, it's going to be very shocker, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, special teams, uh, deuces, um, and who can who has a better special teams unit? And Orlando has a more experienced special teams unit, in my in, in my opinion, um, because they have multiple returners that have done it last year. Fayetteville, there's still a lot of question marks. They did a lot of signings just a couple of weeks with uh, with Shy Hill and with James Summers. There are a lot of questions in Fayetteville. Uh, you'll know we will know more about Fayetteville in week two, week three, and week four. But right now, I'm leaning towards Orlando here based on what we've seen last year and what's returning. They just have more of a core player, more core players returning this year and for this game than Fayetteville. But then. The other question I can mention, especially our fans and our listeners out there, um, Jake uh, Sheehan versus Cato. Sheehan shined in, the, uh, in Green Bay last year for the IFL, but mm-hmm. Cato has more experience in the arena game, so you're going to have a battle between those two players. Uh, so it's it's a lot of question marks. Again, like my favorite saying I'd say all the time, uh, the monk. Uh, these two teams will clearly be in the monk early. Um, and just based on how the season progresses. But for me, I'm, I'm leaning towards more of the experience side. Um, if Cato learned from last year, taking the dump off routes, slowing down, doing better reads, not just chucking the ball downfield to the, your fast receiver, to be, be more how what Mason said in the past episode, nickel and diamond, be more precise and reading reads faster, except for just, Oh, no one's there to throw deep. If Caleb is more mature than last year, we've seen quarterbacks make massive steps from being below average to MVPs in one season. I got uh, one, one in mind. <laughs> yes. Everyone knows, and I misspelled his name on the last episode. <laughs> yes, um, you did. <laughs> but, it, but, but, but the thing is, is I laugh about that. It's because no one could understand me because I was talking 10 times fast. Apparently, I don't know what's going on with the uh, stream yard the last episode. I do apologize. But <laughs> – the question I have to you, Zach, about this: Does Cato make that Castronova type of leap from last year, and does Fayetteville have enough on their roster to outlast possibly a Orlando offense that could be very potent and deadly this season? You know, I think for me, this is so the two prong question you're p- proposing: Does does Cato? take that step i think he has the potential to take that step i'm not going to say that he will you know that that's very much up to him as like we talked last year and i will say it again you know and even something we can reiterate from learning from sam castronova's progression in his rookie season slow down 
process the game a bit more. Yes, it's faster, but you know, you can still make decise and decide decise and at least controlled decisions. You know, it doesn't always have to be a scramble fest credit. Sam Castronova to me is the exception of the rule. He just is a magician. I don't know how he does it, but man is just finds ways to buy time, but still he even knows that you can't always do that. You know, that has led him into trouble too. Cato that led him way too many times into trouble and to killing drives last year for Orlando. When he would get the ball out, when he would decide what he wanted to do, they could move down the field like anyone else. There'd be halves that Orlando could keep up with the best in the league when Cato was on the field before he was released. And then there'd just be times where it was a complete ghost town on that other, on that side of the ball. So my thing is, you know, you hope if you're Fayetteville with Cato, you see the potential you're hoping he takes a Castro leap where it's like, yeah, sure. I can use that escapability, but I don't want to use it every play. I still want to be decisive as a pocket passer. I still want to get to my guys as possible because you can win arena games by doing the five yard, six yard check down routes that get guys in open space because you have that capability to kind of get more chances to juke and fake out defenders in the open area of the field. If you want, or kind of skitter on the side, if you're a receiver. So you know, you can do that or be more decisive and just start running. You know, there are chances. I know it's not completely like indoor football with that, where that can happen, but there are times, you know, Sam did it himself last year. You can definitely get out of the pocket and fake out the Jack linebacker and get downfield if you find an opening. So, you know, it's up to you, but decisiveness. And I think just a little bit more of a calm head can lead him a long way. My main question with this game is going to be, I think, and I think it's what to me will decide as to how much we see Rakeem Cato improve is, you know, he's got to go against that Predators defense. And he knows last year, there's some players on that side of the ball. You know, speaking of pressure, I mean, Freddie Booth Lloyd's back, dude. Again, we've talked, dude, he was leading in sacks until he was knocked out with a season ending injury later in the season. Brandon Fuentes is an all NAL style talent. Josh Jenkins, we know is an all NAL style talent. Both are secondary options. And then you have Lonnie Outlaw, who is, you know, even though he is more a receiving press, dude is a large pole in the middle of that defense at the Jack linebacker position. The guy can definitely be in the way. So you have to get around that true test. I think in a good true test defensively for them, um, to me, if you can get and solve Orlando's defense and get by their stars, I think that, you know, there is a potential to show that you can take that you've taken that step, but you know, that's the question. I think to me, if I'm looking at this one, the Preds have a lot more, I think that you can have that shows answers to what Fayetteville offers compared to what Fayetteville has in terms of, can you respond back with your weapons? You know, obviously, you know, Kendrick Ings is a very talented individual. Um, he is not going to be the only guy that is a receiving weapon, obviously, but you know, He'll be the one that I think a lot of defenders are keying in to make sure he doesn't, you know, re destroy you in games. They didn't, and they didn't keep Donovan Raspberry, so they are very confident. You know, Ch Coach Gunnings is very confident in his roster as well. So, you know, that's a veteran receiver that I was wondering was going to be making an impact. I think that Fayetteville, it's going to be a test of can you beat the Preds defensively? Because I, it will be a shootout then if you can do that. If not, then Fayetteville's got an uphill battle, which is something you don't, I mean, if you get a possession or two behind in this game, as we talk about, you know, kind of that, uh, we, we talk about that possession battle where it's like at half where it's, you know, going into that second half, you can't keep up touchdown for touchdown. That's where you fall into trouble. Fayetteville's got to avoid that. And we'll see how good that defensive unit is that Charles, that coach Gunning's built up. 
because that's one thing I'll give him a little advantage on compared to Herky Walls. Herky does have coaching experience, but Gunnings has been doing this a lot longer than Herky has from what I can tell. So that is something at least coming in. You know, he's going to be preparing his guys at least for this game and should have a little bit more under his belt for tools he can go to in his arsenal. Experience of coaches does weigh into a major factor. Um, but the one thing that you've mentioned about about Fayetteville, about how who can outlast who or who has the offense to keep a pace, I look at Fayetteville and they have two receivers I really like, James Summers and and Kendrick Kings, of course, and Cato. We talked about Cato. Um, one thing I see at Fayetteville is they're, they've added some late pieces. They've added a Vaughn. They've added a Shy Hill. Uh, defensive keep uh, defensive sides of the ball to try and contain certain uh, aspects. And what I've noticed around the league is a lot of the new quarterbacks, a lot of the new quarterback signings are very mobile quarterbacks. So yeah. they're adapting the Castro Nova type of style uh, quarterback play. The factor is when you look at the two different quarterbacks that could be playing this game, Cato uh, uh, and Sheehan. Is Sheehan is a mobile quarterback, but he has a dang he has dang good accuracy. And he has one of the best uh, highlights last year up in Green Bay where he scrambled around for like 30 minutes and chucked the ball deep, Hail Mary, to end the game and won the game on the Hail Mary. Uh, still, if you haven't had a chance, Orlando fans, go watch that highlight. You'll When you see that, you're going to like this kid. Uh, it, it's going to be intriguing how Fayetteville contains the offensive power that Orlando has if, Jack, if uh, Jake or Jack is – what we think he is, mm-hmm. how he, if he brings the same mentality over from last year, I give Orlando a better opportunity to not just pull away in this game, but winning by a couple of possessions. Cause I think they have more offensive power. Now more experience on the other end by the coaching side uh, for Fayetteville, but I think Orlando has the overall more experience throughout their roster, especially their defensive side. They have a very, um, very how can i mention say this without offending anybody they had a very sneaky good defense honestly uh, with murray uh to the name that dude's a, a freaking wall right there in the middle of the middle of the field there's a couple of guys on that defense there you go yeah i think if certain things go certain ways for orlando they can be very competitive this season but amway center first home game last time they were in amway they set a record of the most intended game and in the NAL last year, uh, from what I've seen, ticket sales are going well. They've had a couple of good community events. I think Orlando um, has a good outing. But one thing is about this type of matchup, you have no idea what the other team is. We do know a couple of players from Fayetteville, but we don't know what their uh, mindset's going to be, what type of caliber team they will be entering the 2023 season. And we will find out. Literally, I forgot what time, 7 a.m. Eastern, or 7, 7 a.m. Yeah, 7 a.m. 7, uh, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern um, on April 8th at uh, Amway Arena. Almost at Amway. No, it's Amway Center, not Amway. Mm-hmm. Amway Arena. Uh, the old building was Amway uh, Arena. Um, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's – we'll do our pick-ems. A new format of the show. Usually people, it's like, we do pick-ems right their games. No. We're doing pickums at the very, very end after the game of the week. Uh, we'll we'll get to a pickums because new format, new way of the show. 
Right. A little, a little more concise, I think, is more best we put it. Maybe, you know, it doesn't seem to get a little muddled up. For you, the listener out there, you probably want to hear keys of the game across the board, and then we can slam you with all three at the end. You can go, oh, my gosh, he, yeah. he did this. But, yeah, we're, we're going to – that's another change format thing for our previews this year. So keep that in mind as we go through. As uh, Jim has shown, we're going into – our next game on the docket, the Sharks. They are traveling out west to northern Texas to take on the West Texas Warbirds. Well, yeah, West Texas, Northwest Texas, I'll call it. But you know what I'm getting the drift. It is the West Texas Warbirds out in Odessa, Texas, out in the oil fields out there. Going to be going to the hangar. Going to see Top Gunner out there. Going to be quite the intimidating, intimidating presence. I know he will be. He's, he's, he's already trying to gun for that best mascot in the league award, and he's been kicking it on social right right now as of late um look the sharks you know as we know jason gibson's unit been building up with plenty of veteran guys and some uh i'd say some diamonds in the rough that we've seen that could be have some potential to pop out this year um one key signing uh that we've seen so connor blau of course getting picked up from oregon state but they picked up an even more veteran arena football quarterback recently and ed crouch who's been around the scene, been in the fan control football league. He's been in the CIF with the Wichita force before they were out of the CIF and both instances, he balled. He is a very much a, I would say a very good escapable type of QB as you were hinting. That's becoming kind of a normal thing in the NAL as of late is uh, finding QBs with some legs under him. Um, but he's got a cannon dude knows how to, how to sling it. And he knows how to run an arena offense right out of the gate. So another little uh, twist for the Sharks, as for the West Texas Warbirds, a team that is coming in, has a good mix of veteran NAL guys mixed in with a lot of their veteran guys that have been leading as we will see, of course, uh, an undefeated history for the Warbirds. It's going to be tested really big in a way at home against one of the founding members. Well, now really the founding member left in the NAL in the Jacksonville Sharks. This game unlike the other one we just mentioned this has a lot of interesting storylines and a little banter between both uh well one mascot the other one's not dealing with the banter he's ignoring it but that's chum for you chum, chum's chill he, he's yes. he's back in jacksonville he's just doing his own thing yes. you know <laughs> and we did our prediction show this past week and since our prediction show Jacksonville has added two new quarterbacks. Um, maybe one. I think we did one after uh, Connor was signed. Um, but the addition of uh, Ed is a great addition for Jacksonville. Now they have two quality quarterbacks um, with a Jason Gibson-style team. Again, Gibson said multiple times he wants a younger guy to grow the team around. Um, but one thing that uh, I, I can preach here and what I can preach everywhere else is uh, Jacksonville, if – Jacksonville follows the same narrative like every other Gibson team, Jacksonville will have the best defense in the league. Because if you look at past teams, the Gibson coach in Columbus, he's always had a top defense, number one defense or number two defense in the league. He defense wins championships. And I just said that a lot. Albany people up North are like, Oh, he hasn't won anything yet. We know, (laughs) we know. Um, but in this game, it's Coach Gibson's debut as a Sharks head coach after spending a decade and a half in Columbus. It's different. It, for the fans of West Texas, 
for the fans of Fayetteville. Columbus and Jacksonville was the rivalry in the AL. In the AL. Um, it's odd not having them in the league. But now Gibson's in Jacksonville, which is unique about this game is that there's a fun fact is that the Jacksonville Sharks are 11-3 all-time against new NAL franchises on their debut game, 11-3. Uh, the, the three losses were New York Streets, the um, Ma- Massachusetts Pirates, and the Carolina Cobras um, in 2018. Uh, and 19, was it 19 for the Streets? Yeah, 19 was. Streets. Yes, yeah. Just, it was a season just before we had to take yes. one off, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but intriguing thing about this game is we look at Jacksonville, you look at their talent. People are like, the quarterback of the question, a lot of talk here in Jacksonville is who's the quarterback going to be? Connor, I think, is going to be the starter. Uh, Ed's going to have a lot of playing time. Um, but there are a couple of key guys I want you, the fans, to listen to. Keep an eye, especially your Sharks fans. Uh, a couple of key people. Uh, um, Shakai Holiness, watch out for him. Uh, DN, um, again, Marvin Ross, the veteran back there. And Jabari Gorman uh, is another guy in defense. Um, Jacksonville's defense will be far ahead of the offense early in the season. The offense will gain and catch up as the season progresses. In this game, again, like we mentioned before, in between Orlando and Fayetteville, there's a lot of question marks on, on West Texas' side. Don't know a lot about West Texas. But unlike Fayetteville, West Texas does have film. So there is some film you can watch where they play uh, other leagues and and from a lot of people I've talked to a lot of former fellow shark players watching is every time we watch a highlight from West Texas we're like man the teams that they played are so inferior they dominated everyone and that's not you know taking a shot at West Texas it's legit look at the scores 62 to 12 72 to 14 there's no competition this is a massive up uh, a step in competition for West Texas you're going from playing single-A baseball to major league baseball in the arena game. And Jacksonville's experienced. They have a good, solid defense. They have some quality veterans in the defensive side. And they also have some good receivers, uh, especially for West Texas, uh, especially for Jacksonville. Watch out, West Texas fan of Darren Townsend. The guy's a beast. We have him. I think Mason had him as the Specialist of the Year Award, preseason award this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is some weapons in Jacksonville. And the question I have for you, Zach, is Gibson's debut versus the unbeaten streak that is the West Texas Warbirds. Which one are you more looking forward to, the debut or the unbeaten streak? Oh, man. You got me really with a tough one right here because, honestly, this I mean, this game quite has, has two things I very much have been waiting for all offseason is, A, we get a brand new team in this league, you know, which is always exciting to kind of gauge the roster that they put together and seeing where they're at with West Texas. And again, West Texas is coming in, you know, like San Antonio in the early year, weeks last year, you know, they brought in a lot of their original guys from their previous league. So, or at least previous iteration. So that, to me, is fascinating. I'll be honest, it's tough for me to pick this over Gibson because I love... I love Jason Gibson as a coach in this league. He's one of he's one of those I one of those ideal arena guys that's you know trying to grow the sport. Um, I got to pick West Texas for the sake of I just am that fascinated to see how well the rest of this roster of guys that we have some limited film on, but haven't known as much about in the NAL 
talent pool, or at least a talent level, that we'll get to see how they react. So that's where I'm sitting at. Yeah. Luckily for West Texas, they do have a veteran QB in Daniel Smith that they're going to be leading, most likely going out with. Most likely, this is projections, people. They don't have the rosters right away. Um, and then most likely, you know, they'll have Kerry Starks on their side to anchor the defense. So they have veteran guys. They have receivers that we like out there on the edges. I'm most fascinated with that because, again, how do they stack up against one of the steadfast, most competitive teams that has been one of the more successful arena football teams in the country that you're going to be going against in Jacksonville? Like, talk about a great litmus test for a team that comes in and credit. Chris Siegfried did bring this on them when he did announce that in August that they are unbeaten in their lifetime. But, you know, they're unbeaten in their lifetime. This will be the, a chance to see, you know, how much do we stack up with these guys right now, toe-to-toe, you know? And, you know, I like what I like the attitude that Coach Tate Smith brings to the table. He reminds me a lot of a Jason Gibson where it's like, I trust in my guys. I look for those guys that are hard-nosed. They get in and they fight for every man on that 25-man roster. And I'm expecting a, a lot closer of a game than I think maybe some people think um, just because I like Coach Smith's attitude and I think that he brings that and he expects no BS from the people he brings on the field. And that's for the same with the rest of that West Texas organization from what I've learned just talking with those people out there with the Curtis family, with Coach Smith and all of them, with you and I talking with them, you know. They very much expect the best when it comes out there. They have a, they have a reputation. They're champion, a championship team. So... You know, it's going to be an entertaining game. That part to me is the most fascinating because it's a great test to go against a coach that now with, you know, a much larger scale operation gets to put together his vision. And he's going to probably, you know, if I'm projecting, probably going to have a pretty veteran QB with some solid stud players anchoring on that side for the Sharks. Good thing for the Warbirds, though, they at least get to host in the hangar. They aren't going to the Shark Tank. This would be a lot different of an appeal yeah, yeah. if it was the Shark Tank starting out week one instead of the hangar. Uh, of course, that's a, an awesome way to get, kick off the season is introduce to people of Odessa of arena football and especially one of the prime arena teams, uh, either as Jacksonville or Albany or Orlando, someone who historic, uh, has history in arena football. Uh, one of the questions is I see from fans and especially from both fan bases is what do we expect in this type of game or what can we you know look forward to? If I was a betting man, I project this game to be one of the lower scoring games in the league this weekend. Um, that doesn't mean both offenses are in bad shape. It just means that a Gibson's trying to figure out who West Texas is and West Texas is just going by the countless of hours of film that they have from Columbus and what they have from Jacksonville. So they know what Gibson might bring. When you look at a team like like West Texas, you look at a team, you want to look at the founding uh, pieces, what type of, like what Gibson says, he likes to build up the middle, you know, strong safety, a strong linebacker or a strong quarterback. You look at West Texas there's a lot of question marks there. And it's not because it's a disrespect to West Texas. It's just you're being introduced to the National Arena League, and a lot of the listeners and a lot of our listeners on our show don't know who you guys have. And mm-hmm. it's just – it's basically going to be like the same treatment San Antonio got last year. And what a difference a year makes. San Antonio's clearly won the – from us and from a couple of people we've talked to, they're one of the top teams in the league uh, entering 2023. But the, 
but it's not just a dis- disrespect factor. Now you're going to have that that mentality from West Texas about we're being disrespected, we're being you know being overlooked. It's I think it goes through. That's the I think that is the way how new franchises are in new leagues. They have that oh it's us against the world or it's us against the league because no one knows it. San Antonio went through it. Um, oh, sure. But you look overall, you look, if you want to compare the two franchises at this point, San Antonio is again, we didn't know the quarterback situation. We did later, but there were individuals on the San Antonio team that came out of nowhere and shine that we found like Kali Rashad's a great example was a, a credible fine. Uh, Nico Creamer was another credible fine. There are individuals that will shine. I just look at this game. So you're going against a Jacksonville team who's been there has done that and is one of the founding members of this league. And you're going up against a coach that has way more experience in this upper level of, of football. It's just it's a battle of newcomers, the excitement of being the home team, maybe the best mascot in the league right now, based on trash talking, exposure, trash talking, tickets giveaway, trash talking, uh, social media, um, talking about Top Gunner. Uh, you got, I love that dude. <laughs> that guy is amazing. Um, that the birth or the rejuvenation of a organization in Odessa into a new league, taking on a prominent name. Uh, I just, hopefully the fans in Odessa are listening to this show, get your tickets. Now it's going to be a good game. It's going to be an exciting game. And you'd be introduced to arena football and you'll be introduced to one of the founding members of the league and a traditional team uh, who's been playing arena football now for 14 seasons. Uh, since the uh, debut in 2010, so it's gonna be exciting. And my the key, like it's it's just one of the games I'm looking forward to the most. Not because it's the Sharks, it's because of West Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but going through the keys of the game of here, um, honestly, if West Texas has his chance to win this game, they have to at least at least put up 40 points minimum. They have to. Hopefully, Jackson's offense is struggling, but if they can't get over 40 points, Jackson was gonna win this game. I think Jacksonville's defense is literally the thing. And a lot of fans are like 40 points, is a lot of points. Yeah, not for an yeah, indoor I mean, game. Yeah, but I mean, that's a good target. You know, and the thing yeah. about this, too, like with Arena, we're going to have the Nets. Like, the thing is, the Nets, they speed up the game, and they're supposed mm-hmm. to help with increasing scoring as well. So 40 right. points to me and to you should be a lot more of a reasonable target, even more so than past years yeah. because you're keeping the ball in bounds because you should have some more returns, and you'll possibly also have – more mistakes off the nets too that could cause some quick touchdowns i remember 2019 having a few games that changed favor just because someone couldn't get a ball rebounded off the net so that's completely possible that that happens frequently bar ball it's a feared term and hopefully announcers will keep that one in their uh, repertoire when they're using that because it's very much one that you're going to get used to by the end of the season um without a doubt and i think you're right west texas you know I think it's going to come down to really just really much like you're saying who can get get there and who can be i think taking the most opportunities because i mean the warbirds like i said they're they have their the you know the previous year's defensive player of the year on their side of the ball that's definitely going to not make life easy for whoever's behind center whether it's connor or ed um and i mean they've got some guys that you know like i said that are 
from their previous regime. So we'll see how well tested they are. You know, if they can slow down Jacksonville and Jacksonville comes out like you have projected, and they are also that case, we might have uh, the defensive equivalent of a arena football game, which, you know, it's not always, doesn't always happen. But I mean, you know, there are times where you see a score where two teams, they're happy if they make it to 30 points. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it all depends on how these guys come out slinging. We hope for the, of course, a more of a gunslinging affair, but in that case, I'm I am wondering. To me, I am I am wondering if this will become one of those kind of slugfest games where it's just going to be whoever can just get across the goal line enough will pull this one out. I think that's going to happen as well. And of course, with for all these games this weekend, one of the key factors is uh, consistency and see who uh, it doesn't cost penalties because there because it's week one. There's going to be some ugly possessions out there with. Ball starts, yes. illegal motions, jack out of the box. There's going to be some games that you're, like every player is going to be a flag. I expect that. Um, and I expect the fans to revolt and get mad and protest about the about the referees again. It's like an every year occurrence. Um, I expect that. In this game, out of the three games, I think this is going to be the most defensive one. But it's kind of odd that when I say that 40 points could be the measuring points, like I can say 42, 38 type of game is, is because I know what Jacksonville has on defense side of the football. They're going to be good on the defensive side of the football. More. My question is, is Connor the dude or is Ed coming in becoming the dude? Um, still a question marks the quarterback right now, but I'm more confident in the quarterback position right now for Jacksonville than that was two weeks ago. Yeah, I think I think just the fact that you brought in Connor, who is, you know, I think uh, someone that with the Oregon State background kind of coming out there, so at Pac-12 side, you know, as much as I want, I think you could see him if, if it wasn't for the fact Ed Crouch is available, I think you do, but you got to go with Ed Crouch, I'm sorry. Um, the experience the guy has, you know, he's had several years in a row as of late in indoor in the indoor scene. That's yeah. going to translate very well here for Arena. He's got the escapability already. Again, just go look up some CIF games that he was in uh, two years prior with the Wichita Force. Trust me, you'll find out very quick that this is a QB that you want to have that is an all-around weapon. You know, if he needs to escape out of the pocket, he's going to make defenders want to pull their hair out. If he is going to toss one up, he's going to put it in range for a guy like Dar- Darian Townsend to snag it down. Or Jordan Smith, who was in the FCF with him during the time in 2021, as well as for part of 2022. So keep that in mind. You know, there's that bit of connection. You know, FC- FCF, it's not always the same team. They did draft teams and every now and then. Crouch and Smith weren't always on the same team, but they did have some interactions with some games. So keep this in mind. That's important. You know, connections are really vital here for any level of the sport, but you got to go crouch. I, maybe, maybe if things aren't going smoothly later in the year, you go to Connor and you feel confident because I mean, Hey, I mean, we've, you Gibson, I understand you and him have talked and you know, Connor's a kid that is, he's as I on, but you got to go with Ed. There's too much evidence. You got to go with Ed for week one. I, I don't see I don't see how they would do it with both them, especially being as new as they are in recent transaction wires. You got to go with that. Uh, I think he sides with Connor early, and if something starts Ooh. being shaky, I think Ed comes in. And okay. Then, um, but again, I'm not Gibson. I'm not the one that makes the call. 
Uh, but I do think that they have a two, they have two younger quarterbacks. I think fits the system more. But then how I mentioned earlier is that Jacksonville's defense is going to be a defense that's going to keep them in games until both quarterbacks get experience and get younger. Maybe a returning of a wide receiver in, in, in halfway through the year will make Jacksonville even more explosive. Um, but right now, I'm more of a like as here's as a fan, not as a person that's analyzing this game. As a fan, right. if Jacksonville try, stays afloat for the first four or five weeks until that experience kicks in, and then they have that a home stretch in the middle of the year where they can feast on, then I'd be very very confident. Now, will I be disappointed if Jacksonville starts like how they did last year? I think yeah, I'll be, I'll be yes. I think they'll be if they if they start 0 3 0 4, you're putting yourself in a deeper hole uh, this year compared to last year. Um, but I don't see that. I, Jackson last year, I've mentioned multiple times, they can score on anybody. They couldn't stop anybody. Um, I think this year's version of Jacksonville, they're going to stop mostly everybody they play. Uh, there's a couple teams out there that will still move the football and score because it's arena football. Some of them will be a little bit better than others. Um, but I, my mindset is stay afloat, defense hold the, hold the, hold the team down, so the offense gains experience, and then the second half of the season, the final seven games of the season, final eight games of the season, you see that push for possibly going after that two seed. And if the one seed is there, go after it. Or maybe try to, you know, recover, try and save and get into the playoffs to be in the top four. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think that's how Jacksonville will go. But as an analyst person that looks over from a from non-biased opinion, if Jacksonville cannot get their offense situated – early in the season and they do get down the hole, there are good enough teams in this league that Jacksonville could be one of those teams in the muck that stays mm-hmm. in the muck and doesn't see the four-team playoff. Um, right. There is enough quality. A Carolina, an Orlando, San Antonio, and Albany could very well get in the playoffs. They have teams that can do that. Um, and, and from an analyst point of view, the quarterback position is still the question mark in my opinion. But there's talent at that position where if they do catch on and they do gain experience and do get do become very, um, more acclimated to the system and Gibson's defense still lives up to the bill like his past defenses have in Columbus, Jacksonville will be a threat at the end of the year. Now for West Texas, if I was a West Texas fan, you better get Jacksonville week one than later in the year because later in the year you're going to be in Jacksonville um, and then – Actually, we played Jack. I think no, that's right. West Texas plays Jacksonville three times, so you'll get Jacksonville again back in West Texas. But you rather get them now in Week One when they're trying to get everything situated than Week Nine and I think Week Twelve. When you like you to steal again. one too, yes. you know. And I, I mean that, and that really is what I think is vital for all these games. You know, for the most part, you want to steal one. You know, all these, each one of these teams, they got to match up at least one more time through the year. So you want to at least get that season series Correct. in your favor to get things off the ground. I'll tell you one thing. If West Texas does come, you know, credit, it's in their own house. But if they come in week one and they do upset Jack and they do at least upset Jacksonville, because I think a lot of people have Jacksonville as the favorite here um, mm-hmm. just because they are, you know, a steadfast organization, Coach Gibson, the talent that's on both sides of the ball. Um, if they upset Jacksonville week one, that puts the league on notice that West Texas, you know, as advertised came to play and then things get a little more interesting i think for how we evaluate the warbirds you know still i think it'll be fun next week just doing recaps and talking about okay here's what we loved who shined you know some guys that we maybe had on our radar 
but they and we'll so have like, numbers. That's the thing. And we'll, we'll have, have stats. Numbers, and we'll have numbers and stats, <laughs> we'll be more too. Anal- we'll be more, more analytical next week, folks. Yeah, it, it's hard <laughs> to preview some of these games where we don't have stats to go after. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it'll be – if West Texas does pull off a win, that will be huge for that organization and for that city because that will help that city organization sell the product to the fans of Odessa. Said so we have our winning program. Our unbeaten streak is still here. We're one to know. We just beat the Jacksonville Sharks, who are a prominent, dominant team. And I'm not saying dominant like they own everything, but they do have two mm-hmm. championships in this league. That shows that they belong in the field. Now, what happens if West Texas go out there and you know it's 72-71? They lose, but they lost by one point. The excitement there in that game will attract fans of the what arena football is with the Nets. It's entertaining. And it's like there's some organizations in the past that they never had winning organizations, but the game brought so many people. This is a right. great example for uh, Odessa to take the hell, uh, take control. Um, saying we belong in this game, and you go toe to toe with Jacksonville. That's uh, a great chance to introduce your city, introduce your team, introduce your franchise to a new audience um, that's going to watch. So Odessa pe- people and fans of Odessa and West Texas. One thing about Jacksonville, when they're away from the Shark Tank, your YouTube feed will have about five to 8,000 people watching because that's all the Shark fans watching. Uh, so you'll have eyes on the product. So you, hopefully you have some great uh, TV and YouTube coverage because if not, you're going to hear from Shark fans. You won't hear from me, but you'll hear from Shark fans because <laughs> I think we're spoiled in Jacksonville, honestly. Um, again, we're not the only ones. Albany has great TV coverage. Orlando has I was going to say, I, I, th- I think this does. year, I think this year alone, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to start, I might start doing broadcast rankings and just because I, you know, obviously I get it. This is not the same as big time television. I'm aware, but the NAL as of last few years has made a significant push to say, look, we want to make the best possible broadcast the game can find. And they've done a great job. I think the last few years since we've done this show, they have elevated broadcast quality across the board to be much better than it was when we first started doing this. Cause I, yeah. I seriously, there were a few broadcasts when we first started doing where I was like, this cannot be the standard. And now I'm like every team I look at where I'm like, okay, I expect like a standard to be pretty good, solid quality for a stream on YouTube to where I know there's three teams that can do television quality broadcast, which off the top of my head that goes, especially Jacksonville, Albany and Orlando, all three of those, those guys generally do television quality broadcasts where I'm like, I could put that and see that on TV. And I would say that's a good quality for TV. So that's the standard you want to go for is those three. And we'll see how the others two go. Again, it's a new year for two of them. I just hope that you see their peers and you go, okay, we want to match what our peers are doing. Yeah. You know, Take that advice from your peers. Try and match as close as you can to something like that. And it's you know? just... The little things of excitement and what look forward to the game, the presentation, the community, um, and enjoying that the kickoff for the season is here. Yes. And, and with that, we do have one more game uh, of the week or inside the walls game of the week is the Carolina Cobras traveling to the San Antonio Gunslingers. But before we break down that game, we are joined. We were joined uh, by none other than the quarterback himself. Former Shark, former Washington Valor, Arvell Nelson.
Yes, today on Inside the Walls for our continuing interviews we have from around the league, we have a special <laughs> guest from the San Antonio Gunslingers over in San Antonio, recent signing and a big name quarterback in the arena space. It is Arvell Nelson, quarterback for the San Antonio Gunslingers and quarterback last year for the Jacksonville Sharks. Arvell, welcoming you on in the show. Thanks for tuning in. Glad to have you on. Glad to have a, a player of your caliber, someone who's been a championship MVP, of course, in his career, and someone who has uh, made an impact pretty much wherever he, he's gone. How are you doing, man? How is things? Uh, pretty quick turnaround for you, but going in with this signing, it's only been pretty fresh since you've kind of yeah, been on the transaction. Yeah, it has been, man. All is well. All is well, first and foremost, man. I want to give glory to God for giving me the opportunity to come out here and um, – play the game that I love, showcase my talents. Um, yeah, it, it's been a quick turnaround. I signed the week of, the, the week of leading up into camp, um, and we just broke camp, um, two-week-long camp. Um, day, what's this? I don't even know. It's, um, <laughs> hey, been here two weeks, feel like it's two months, man. But I'm excited, man. Game week, man, we, we ready to roll. Yeah, I'm. We're, we're thrilled to see you out there on the field. You know, last year we were especially thrilled to see you back in the space. You know, with the Sharks getting uh -huh. back in the swing of things. I mean, you know, want to touch back, of course, in your AFL days. I mean, you're a championship caliber QB. Um, I mean, one of the craziest turnarounds in any team's history with the Valor going from basically down in the basement to championship in a full swing. Um, right. Do you still think? I mean, obviously things are ahead, but I would love to revisit that. You know, just kind of maybe a bit of that season. Cause I mean, people don't really realize that, you know, the Valor were, you know, credit, it was a four team league at the time in the AFL, but yeah, they were like was. down yeah, and out. Yeah. People had no expectation for them that season yeah. back in 2018. Right, right. Um, and I actually was, was, was up to play that year. Um, ended up playing in the AAL because like you said, it was only four teams and everybody had a, a their starting quarterback. Um, and you know, I had offers to come in and, and back up, but I'm just thinking like, man, I put my time in. If 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 I'm coming in, I want to compete. You know what I mean? I don't want to come in and play backup. Um, so I set it out, and then I ended up playing in the AAL that year with um, Richmond, mm -hmm. and we was having a nice, a, a pretty nice season. And then I uh, got the offer to go up and play in Washington. Um, they were struggling at the time, I believe, 0-7 um, when I got there, and um, but it wasn't 0-7 type of team. We had, we had, we had veterans that was on there and some young guys that can really go uh, it was just missing a the quarterback they went through a couple quarterbacks due to injury and um, I came in and it played my role and we ended up uh, making it happen you yeah, know doubt I, I to reiterate for folks out there championship team with three and 15 win loss for record but it matters most when you can just get in and you can yeah yeah, yeah. The it's, it's all about playing great football at the right time um, mm-hmm Everybody made the playoffs that year, which, which was the, the good thing. Um, and once we, that, the last few weeks, we really started to turn that corner and, and click as a unit. Um, I think we had lost to Albany, I believe, by one, or it was a close game, then ended up beating Baltimore, and then got Albany in the playoffs. Um, and then played them, them for two games, two tough, hard-fought games, too. Mm -hmm. Well, now here's the thing. I, I, Jim probably wants to kick things off because, I mean, hey, you got to come in last year, and I'll let Jim get this next question. But, I mean, you came in for the Sharks. Sharks were reeling. Comes in, you know, instant impact as well. A lot of good production right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Jim, if you like to speak on that or whatever you please, yeah. go right on ahead. <laughs> Speaking of that, Jacksonville was 0-4 last year. Couldn't do anything. Uh, and you come in, and the offense becomes one of the most explosive offenses in the league with – uh, Devin Wilson with Miles Kelly with Rob Jones and with Solomon 
and you, for me, knowing you from the AFL days and your time in Richmond, I was like, when I saw you hit the transaction wire last year, I'm like, okay, we're yeah. going to be a threat. You came in and it looked like you didn't even skip a beat. Like <laughs> it looks like you even you were just came off the street and bam, you you were full experience. My question yeah. is to you: Now that you're in San Antonio, you're you don't have to wait five weeks. It's week one, this Saturday against uh -huh. Carolina. Different preparation, or is it just, in your opinion, you know, new team, new organization, but now, except for coming in halfway through the season, you can start off with that hot streak like you did in Jacksonville when you got yeah. here last year. Well, 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 for me personally, definitely a uh, different preparation because last year I was really coming off of no type of training. Um, I was off the couch, literally off the couch, uh, working okay. a job, coaching. <laughs> Still pretty dang and, good. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and just jail with the, with the guys. Uh, that's, that's credit to, to Coach Burley up there in, in Jacksonville, a um, great office of mine. So with him, you know, it's, it, he make the game so simple and um, always give you an outlet. Um, when it, whatever the defense do, you always have an outlet. So it's, it was pretty easy to just plug into his offense. Um, but this you go around, I'm actually with the guys. We, we went through camp together. We eat together. We meet together, you know. So um, we gel and we gel in pretty well. Um, week one, um, we shall see. I feel like we're, we're, we're we ready. We, we, we've been prepared. We had a great camp. Um, the guys are all getting along well, pretty healthy. So, um, you know, I feel like we're ready. Um, just a different preparation from that standpoint. I'm actually going into the season, um, prepared for the season. So we shall see what, you know, the, the outcome this year. Yeah, I mean, you get a little extra time now to go with your, with your star receivers this time. I mean, last year you still had – plenty to talk about with a great cast to work with the long side yeah, obviously definitely had great, a great cast out in jacksonville with devin and, and, and nyquan murray miles kelly and, and man come on man that, that was a that was a that was a, a explosive it was offense, good it was like a good took, yeah, took the words out of my mouth offense, i was gonna say sure. rob jones i mean it got got great guys out there last year this year you get you know Khalil Rashad, who on our show like we can't say enough about guy came on the league and exploded onto the scene last year for the uh -huh. gunslingers and you also get philip barnett who has been an excellent contributor i mean it's got to be awesome to have that also you know back career turner in the backfield you know great assets to work around for yourself as a quarterback and plus you're a bit of a mobile guy yourself too yeah 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 um yeah man it's, i'm excited man the guys um it's really really taken to me they accepted me man and, and they received me well man um and they, they soaking up all the knowledge that I bring. Um, like I said, I'm up in Cleveland. I'm a four-time coach up in uh, at Glenville High School. And I'm in coach mode. So when I get down here, everything is, hey, we need to. We need. And they receiving it. it. It's not an ego thing. They Whatever you see and whatever, yeah, whatever you want, we with it. So um, I'm excited, man. Last, uh, we had a, a couple of interviews with Kendrick Gaines a couple of weeks ago. We had one with Zach Brown a couple of weeks ago. Guys who were in the playoffs last year and fell uh -huh. short. You guys, it was Jacksonville last year, we were right there. We were a deuce away of winning the game. Is there motivation coming in this season at San Antonio with a chip on your shoulders? Like, man, I was there last year. We were we put, we put gave San Antonio their all. And yeah. honestly, as a Sharks fan, that's like the better team didn't win that game. We actually, I think Jacksonville played Albany. It's just Albany won the scoreboard. Is there any motivation from last year saying, you know what, I want to get back there, but this time be the guy who's hosting trophy and not, you know, sitting out, sitting on the couch watching another team win it? Yeah, I mean, that's always the goal. 
every time, every season that you come into, you you, you prepare to be a champion. Um, you don't prepare to lose. You don't prepare to come up short. Um, so the mo motivation is always there. Um, last year was last year. Um, it's a totally new team I'm with. Um, Albany, I'm sure they got the core, you know, nucleus that they had last year, but that's a totally new team that they got up there. So it's no telling, you know, who is who and what is what. So um, I'm just preparing to win every game. Uh, right now we got Carolina up. Um, we focus on Carolina. So we, mm -hmm. we, we, we over the hump on Tuesday. Now we got to get through Wednesday, man. And <laughs> we, we, we ready to roll after that. Yeah, you came when we came into the show. You actually pointed out you got you still got you're fresh off practices. We're talking to you. Yeah, yeah, we practice uh, in the evenings, man. I still got my wrist tape on. Um, right, my, my ice. I'm still icing. You know, I'm, I'm 34 now, man. You got to ice after every. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, hey. things catch up. <laughs> but I mean, I guess as a young guy, I understood that as well. I always uh, watched LeBron and how he take care of his body, so I always uh, was was a, was a student of the game. So I would ice after practice, ice my shoulder, ice my elbow. Uh, ice my knees, so I got mm -hmm. I got an ice on my ankle, and I just took my ice off my elbow, just to keep right. it fresh. It's not hurting; it's just to keep it fresh. <laughs> Preservation does can lead you a long way. I Come think, on, Jim, uh, you long, said long season, man. Right, you said, Jim, you said uh, Aaron Gar you said Aaron Garcia lasted until he's like a forty-three in this yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Boy, yeah. Hey, G yeah. played a, a long time. Yeah. And he mentioned LeBron. LeBron's what twenty some years in the NBA. Yeah, 20, 20 years. Yeah. Like, and it, I just watched a game recently, and he doesn't even look like he's aged. Man, like the homeboy still balling. I know exactly what you're talking about. He got the rebound. Beat I'm like, the I was like, thank God my team's in the Eastern Conference. I don't have to deal with LeBron. Oh my until, God. So I'm <laughs> right. happy. Uh, but Arvell, speaking of this year's team, speaking of week one coming up against Carolina, is there anything Carolina has shown you uh, from film that you're anticipating, especially as a quarterback? Or is it as a quarterback, you've seen so many systems, you you know what they're running, especially on the first snap? Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen every defense possible. Um, I know by alignment what you're running. Um, it's just it's just trying to get Lee Johnson's tendencies. Um like I said, it's a whole new team, so it's and a whole new defensive coordinator. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty much watching a lot of old film of Lee Johnson, where he was in Jacksonville and you know other places he was at. So just to get his tendencies. But as far as you know, defense, it's nothing that's going to surprise me out there. Um, it's just it's just tendencies down the distances, what he like to run in certain situations. Mm -hmm. For for your side or for your team's side here, what are uh, coaches Sean Richardson preaching? at these uh, latest practices, at least now it's game week. So yeah. imagine some of the, uh, some of the memos to players is maybe going to be changing up to like, look, this is what we got. We got Charles McComb and company coming in. We yeah, got to be yeah, ready yeah. for a scrambling QB, someone that's an NL oh, NL yeah, it's, MVP. It's, it's game you know? plan now. Um, camp was cap. Camp was to see who was, who was who and get the, the particulars down. But now it's, 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 it's go time. So, um, you know, they, you know, we know that Carolina is going to come in well coached. Um, we know that they have the young young guys that know the game that can that's explosive, um, and now we just you know preparing for that. Um, nothing new, nothing nothing crazy. Where it's like you know we got a game plan for, it, but we understand who they are and that they can play. So we got to be prepared for that. Any games you're looking forward to, or is it one week at a time? Want to know? Yeah, I mean, and that, and that sounds so cliche, but I'm definitely one week at a time. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I like. I, I would love. I'm going to love to go back to Jacksonville and play in that arena, and and, and that and that fanfare, and that, it's, it's electric in that arena. So 
of course I'm, I'm gonna be excited probably have to bring my bring my, my my nerves down a little bit because i'm gonna be so ready to play but i'm gonna have to you know stay cool calm for that game but no i'm, I'm ready for all the games man um mm-hmm. I'm, i love this i love arena football i love to just get out there and sling it i don't care we was playing up here at one of the local high schools man i'm i'm just ready and excited to play <laughs> how's the community been for you in san antonio obviously jacksonville has been it's been now over a decade that this team's been around but san antonio i think last year we saw and you i think definitely saw come towards the end of the season they were growing you know it was definitely a it was yeah. a quick change from beginning of the year now you get to be in that how, how have you how have you been so far kind of getting to maybe any chances re- interacting with fans or people that are now new gunslingers alums kind of coming into this game i was saying i was telling mentioning that to uh, phil phil barnett um that when we played them in jackson i mean in san antonio last year it was it was electric in that arena um they said early on it was it was kind of dull not a lot of people didn't know what was going on and but they had turned it around and it was electric so i'm excited mm-hmm. man i feel like we got a great um fan base i feel like uh the guys or the community is rallying around us now when we're out in the community it's, it's more receptive it's more oh i know them guys hey we'll be there saturday so um i'm, I'm excited man i'm excited to get out there and, and put on for the, the city of san antonio Mm-hmm. Any pregame rituals? Just my music, man. I like to get a, get out there, get a good good stretch and lather, whatever. I don't even know what I got on my playlist this year. I literally was just thinking about that, like what, what I'm gonna put on the playlist this year. But I was gonna say, whatever, what are we spinning, whatever man? Gets in, whatever gets me in the zone throughout this week I'm, is going on the playlist. <laughs> you know, I got a, a few a few odd times like some Jay Z, some some. Jay Z, you feeling it? A few, mm. a few of them that's gonna make it on every playlist, but I don't have the exact playlist yet. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we have to follow up here at some point and see. Yeah, and yeah, they, for sure, for sure. Catch me Friday, Friday night. It's gonna be set. It's gonna be on the pop. <laughs> I love it. For you, something else that I think is fans have been, I think, embracing this. And now it's come more to reality. We're seeing the nets being put up across yeah. the league orlando's got him albany's putting them up it's two weeks early but they're getting them up you know <laughs> you got you got the play in the last season that the nets were in arena football when arena was itself and now we're going to see it back it's been about four-ish coming on five years here yeah um obviously it's it impacts your game to maybe more of the crazy plays aspect for your quarterback side but i mean you know are you are you fully prepared for that does uh do you have have you gotten folks saying it's good to see you kind of in the arena playing in the arena game again rather than more like how we've been playing more of the indoor side of things last few yeah. years i'm excited it's gonna bring some familiarity back to me to 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 the game um i'm so used to having those nets out there um last year was an adjustment not having them i had to learn the rules about the deuces and you know when it's kicked so yeah i mean it was it was just a different feel to bring the the nets back is going to feel like home to me um now we got to get my guy Rashad some work off of those nets. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> because uh, it can get dangerous, you know, with him off them nets, man. Um, Pat, like you got, it's an Iron Man game, so you got big boys running down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural lanes are created, and with him, all he needs is a lane. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited about them nets. And you get the and you get the the the, the net ball before half. We can throw it off the net, the no. net jump ball. That's what I'm saying. I had one of those in DC. Was, but, that was uh, my next question. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you just chuck it up there? It's like, ah, whatever. Just throw it down there and see I what mean, happens. I, and I think it's an art to it. 
uh, I want to say the higher you go, the more it just drops down, uh, the lower, okay. the more it shoots out. Um, but when you're in that moment, you're just trying to get it on the net. Trying to get it up there. Do, do, do you have receivers practice that, by the way, or is it more just like you just hey take the same no, principles as like we rebounding? And, and, and a lot of times it's um it's practice off of just just boys is doing it, not even a plan in the practice. We just throwing it off the net, trying to catch it off. Um, I know me and my quarterbacks used to have a competition where we try to hit the cross bars, mm-hmm. and um, oh. we have receivers down there trying to catch it. So if it bounces off the net any type of way, they're trying to adjust to you know how it's going to bounce. So yeah, it's definitely planned. Mm, bar ball. <laughs> this is one. This is just, this is not really. It's more of a unique question. Uh, will we see Superman Norvell uh, Arvell this year, like we did a couple? Last year against San Antonio, because you went flying a couple of times against San Antonio and Jacksonville last year. Yeah, yeah. we talking about diving. diving? Yeah. Well, you, well, hey, you're talking talking hey. to that guy preserve the body. Now it's like, oh, I'm gonna, Man, listen, I'm gonna do a super cam. I don't, I don't think about it. I don't plan the jumps. I don't plan the dive. It just happened. It, it was funny because last year you did it. You like complete Superman, score a touchdown in the flag, and you throw your hands up and like, what the heck? Then yeah. you do it again the next play. I'm like, was that just a burly thing, or were you just trying no, to see? No, that, that was uh, I got to get in this end zone thing. <laughs> <laughs> By all means, but so, that, I mean, that's just a credit to San Antonio because that game was wire to wire, back and forth. Um, and now that was on one the other in, side in the Shark Tank. That yes, yeah. the one in short, the one in San Antonio ended kind of uh, anticlimactic. But yeah, that was that was yeah that, that was dramatic. Was but yeah, but. The one in the one in Jacksonville was 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 arena football, man. Was it seventy two to sixty six or something like that? You scored a game winning touchdown. I just know you scored with yeah, no time left. Yeah, that was arena football <laughs> at its best. I know we won the game, and I looked at my debit card account after. I'm like, "Well, I spent that much on beer that <laughs> night." <laughs> well, no, I think the best part. I think the best part for me of that game was kicks. We ain't no doing no stinking kicks. We're gonna run this thing right over the yeah, line yeah, and yeah. end it like that. And that was the conversation too. Like, man. We, I don't want to put it in the kickers in the kickers hand. That's the thing with quarterbacks. That's the same thing with Mason said to us a couple days ago in our no, previous shows. Like he's like, no, I I ain't letting the kicker win the game. I'm gonna take the game control. Yes, the game. yes man. You have to think about all the preparation you put into um, trying to put the ball in the end zone, and then you get to those crucial moments and you take it out your hands. You nobody nobody put that much preparation in and hand it over to somebody else. No. So I mean, and we got all faith in the kickers. Nah, Drew is Drew is one of the best. Yeah, he is. Well, yeah, but you, you not, got a good one in Pearson. I still want the ball in my hands. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a that's a that's a sign of a competitor. If you don't have that killer instinct in you, like why you play the game? Right? Why are you playing? Why are you doing it? Uh, exactly. Finish the job. That's mm-hmm. all you gotta do. Uh, Just, our, jump. <laughs> <laughs> Just jump. You know? Just jump. Get that half you. That half inch. Look, the wall's there. You know, you still can hit that angle. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Arvell, hey, thanks for the time on the show, man. This has been a great conversation. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you back out there again this year. Glad to have you in the NAL. Um, that last thing I guess we want to bring up, you know, look, I mean, you got any personal goals you got? I've been, we've been asking players a lot of this. You got any personal goals for this season you want to set? You know, obviously championship is a big one, I think, for any yeah. team. But, like, maybe yourself or how do you view this year for you? No, that's um... – that's the goal is to win a championship. If we're winning, um, that means I'm doing my job. So, you know, the goal or the the, the, the accolades that come with that, um, my focus is to win. 
is to win, to do whatever it takes. If I have to rest for five or throw for eight or hand it off to Pierre for six touchdowns, you know, we want to win the game. We want to put the ball in the end zone to win the game. So um, I feel like if we do that, um, the accolades will come. Okay. Well, Arvell, seriously, thanks for being on the show. Can't wait to see you play come this Saturday over there at Freeman Coliseum. You're going to be taking on the Carolina Cobras. It's going to be 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern time mm-hmm. for those on YouTube. Um, and it's going to be a blast. That should be a fun game. Uh, and it's uh, our game of the week. So hey. it's, definitely, it's definitely on our list. <laughs> okay. All right. That's 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 love, man. Um, I'm excited, man. I, I hope to see you guys. Are you, you Y'all will be in the building or will y'all just be streaming it? Uh, we'll be streaming. I'm in Arizona, okay. so it's a little, still a little stretch. And then he's okay. in Jacksonville, so I'm in Jacksonville. Kind of hard for us. All right. <laughs> I'll be at a wedding, but I'll be in Jacks. Okay, all right. Well, I'm happy to be the game of the week, man. <laughs> Appreciate Thanks, you, boys, Marvel. man. Appreciate it. And special thanks to Arvell Nelson for joining the show. Dude, I love this conversation. Um, seriously, uh, we were talking as we were leading into kind of after the sh- after the discussion type of things. You know, mm-hmm. love to hear about kind of the kind of guys that, you know, they've been in this game for a while. And I think it was great, you know, him just hearing like he's glad to see a Nets back because it's familiar to him. Like, he, remember, he's played AFL ball mm-hmm. most of his career in these leagues like he's he expects the Nets. so like hearing last year he's kind of having to make sure you know okay we're not worrying about like bar balls or like bat or like rebound passes we're trying to do the best ourselves and worry about the fundamentals first that was i think a unique part about his conversation well it for me as a we just had him been interviewed here uh for me it really solidified that there is a group of people and players in this in this league especially in football that love this sport and it really isn't arena football until those nets are there and now the nets are there and you could tell how excited he is because it's home to him and for san antonio you got you guys got a dog he is going to help your offense explode he helped jacksonville's offense explode when he got to jacksonville he turned around the washington valor when he went to washington he made richmond rough riders a uh, a contender in their league he is a winning quarterback and he loves the game so in my opinion they got a good stud and oh, and i think if he is equal to what he was in jacksonville last year san antonio as we projected with um, this preseason rankings and the preview show, he's legit a quarterback that can win you a championship. And for for, for the fans of San Antonio, especially with weapons like Kyler Rashad, Philip Barnett, and Pierre uh, Turner, and you got a special teams kicker, like he made a joke about the kicker, they have weapons galore down in San Antonio, and they have a solid squad. And oh yeah, you got Arthur Hobbs down there too. So you guys have a solid squad. And with Arvell, with his positivity, I did meet him earlier in Jacksonville a couple last year. It was more like good game, and we never talked. But he was a genuine guy there. Um, Devin Wilson, former uh, form teammate, said he's a genuine dude. Get him on the show as fast as you can. Uh, it's on nothing but positivity from the man and. Having him on the show today is pretty cool to kick off the 2023 season. 
uh, for the people of San Antonio, you guys have got a good a good quarterback, and with the weapons you guys have in San Antonio, uh, it's going to be very exciting to watch. And I think San Antonio is one of those teams that can be a carbon copy of last year's uh, Carolina team, getting out of the gate on fire, but you have a staff and a, and a quarterback that can lead you all the way to the championship game in mid-August. Yeah, no, without a doubt, Arvell Nelson – is one of those guys, you know, him being back in the league, you already have to put them on notice. You know, seriously, we, we talked dynamic passer and runner, you know, yeah, he did talk about, of course, you know, he's, he, he's having the, 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 you know, later thirties type of source, but Hey, look, dude still can get out and be mobile and think him, keep in mind, he's, I believe it's six foot five. Um, he's a huge quarterback in terms of, in terms of height, easily can look over the line, easily can deliver passes on, on, a, on a string. Um, yeah, he'll be deadly and he is going to make the gunslingers very much a hard out in any game. And as we've talked, we still project them as one of the top two teams in this league right now. So, and that's partially due to whichever, due to the QB room, whichever one you we've spun it with, you know, Arvell Nelson, that, that still keeps that threshold that high, you know, um, but he's going to be great. Um, and it's going to be a hell of a game as we talked about with him. You know, the fact that, as you can see on the fun facts, and it is our game of the week. Yes, game of the week. Uh, Carolina travels to San Antonio this Saturday in Freeman Coliseum. The fun fact, um, even though Arvell is there in San Antonio, Carolina also has a quarterback that has experience that's done a thing or two, has won championships in this level of football. Charles McCollum returns to the Carolina Cobras. They have a plethora of weapons there, too, with Adam Smith, with Lance Evans, with Zach, the one-man band, Brown. Um, you got Ziggler. You have other guys like veterans like Kenny Veal. They are solid guys on that Carolina. Carolina is not – They yes, they may not have Bain. Yes, they may not have Kendrick Ings. Yes, they may not have James Summers. But one thing they do have that just recently hit the transaction wire is that they have their weapon back, the deuce machine himself, T.C. Stevens. So San, so Carolina is no pushover San Antonio. This team went to the championship game. A lot of the players in Carolina have a bad taste in their mouth from last year. Um, new team, Coach Fuller's there. Coach Resnallo has left. It's a, again, what Arvell said, new team, new year. But Carolina still has that. That attitude, it still has that swagger from what Carolina teams are bold, and they have the guy who they have the guy who got them to the promised land in 2019 or 2018 and won the championship. He's back, so Carolina has those weapons, has keys positions, and the reason why this is the game of the week is because of both rosters, because of the names on both teams, and because of what these two teams were last year or what San Antonio has a potential to be this year in the NEL. So that's why this is the game of the week. It's big names in the sport that we love, arena football. If you can't get excited with Charles Cullen versus Arvell Nelson or Zach Brown versus Pierre Thomas or Kylie Rashad versus Adam Smith or Lance Evans, um, uh, then you're not really an arena football fan. Uh, these are marquee players that have thrived in this sport for years, and you get it week one in San Antonio for inside the walls game of the week. Yeah, definitely the inside the walls game game of the week. No offense to any of the other four teams, of course, with the two other matchups, but we had this one marked down for sure. And again, you already brought up all the points. Like I said, mm-hmm. the star-studded talent on both sides of the ball, name name and production-wise, um, it should be a fun one. You know, 
and yes, the you know the Cobras and the Gunslingers, you know they've had some key changes, but like they still, you know we've talked about it. You know even with the Gunslingers being our projected one of our top two, you know the Cobras are one of those dark horse teams that were like that we you saw in our own rankings. We're like yeah, they're right there. You know if things can go their way, you know and hey if they surprise and come out right out of the gate and they beat San Antonio in their own arena, ooh watch out. We're putting them. We're putting them on notice, maybe a little bit more so than we already have. And we still like the Cobras, even if they have had a bunch of retools and some key players move on or have gone to even higher up levels, like say a DJ Myers, but they still have a bunch of key guys that, you know, this game could go there, could definitely go in their favor. It's, it's a, you know, it is a open contest to me. Well, no, I just, I totally forgot about DJ. Well, that's, that's why I just, uh, I just space him like. It's weird that DJ's not on this roster, but it's great that, you know, credit, they still have to go through one more round of cutdowns in the USFL. But seriously, he's been making highlights with the showboats. I would be surprised that that man is on a cut list. Yeah. I bet he will be in the in that league. And hey, guess what, Fox and NBC? Hopefully one of those guys gets wise enough and mentions the NAL in a story with DJ because I think that man's going to be on the field catching some passes and making some plays this year but they don't have them in the in the nal of course um but still some good playmakers obviously lance evans obviously adam smith you know um they're going to be getting a lot more bulk of targets this year and a few more new faces should be too and uh, here's a statement that might offend some people um but i it's a video that you guys our listeners need to go find um adam smith a wide receiver has the best passing touchdown last year in the nal period go watch that video it's that, ridiculous how he went in there for emergency quarterback and threw that pass like that. That, uh, that thing should be in any highlight reel for last season, no matter yeah. what. Just because the the circumstance <laughs> where he just comes in and like within his first few plays, he's slinging a twenty plus yard TD pass to the corner of the end zone, and everyone yeah. on the sideline going, "What? No way!" <laughs> yeah. What, what what what's cool about this game is that this is the game that we, as we've previewed, I can't wait till we see in a couple of weeks when San Antonio takes on Albany or when Carolina takes on Jacksonville in a couple of weeks is you're going to see the kicking game. I know we don't talk about kickers and we've just had Arvell say something about kicker. Mason said something about earlier this week about kickers, but you got TC Stevens taking on Drew Pearson this week. And in yeah. a couple of weeks, you're going to have Daniel Justino, taking on Marco Roscoe like you having the one thing about the nets is that it helps kickers of course keep the play of the game alive um no lot no balls kicking out of the end zone or into the stands where you having is these kickers are now weapons in this league and many people don't know the rules deuces still remain with the nets they and do. Drew Pearson's last last half of the season was money. Like every time he kicked, he was hitting deuces. He, he basically kept San Antonio in a lot of these games last year, even though San Antonio kind of stumbled at the end of the year. And, you know, they were a threat to make almost backdoor themselves in the playoffs last year. It's because of the special teams, because Caliber Shaw was shining, because Drew Pierce was kicking deuces. And then Carolina, Drew T.C. Stevens was kicking deuces with the white ball that was impossible to kick deuces with. And now – we're going. We're back to the original football. Homeboy was kicking deuces a couple of years ago. Before that, and he was kicking with the white ball last year. Um, I'm excited to see these kickers hit deuces and get these points, crucial do- points in these games, because we saw people say, "Well, deuces don't matter." Deuce is the reason they why. Do matter. 
Deuce is the reason why Albany was playing in the championship last year because they went toe-to-toe with Jacksonville, and Marco Roscoe hit that crucial Deuce at the end of that game that made them win that game. Deuces mean everything, and if you're looking for the Nets being pivotal, one thing about Nets is that kickers, even though in other outdoor games, kickers don't, are getting shafted in our game, kickers are what makes this league so exciting. And I think to this game in San Antonio, you're going to see two of the best, better kickers in our league. Um, Shine and Deuces dropping like crazy. That's one of the things I was most excited. It's one of the things that me and you were griped about last year is no Deuces. Like, there were some games like, wow. I think we went three and a half weeks without a Deuce, and it was the longest ever. Uh, we were shocked at the first game. Like, there's no Deuces in week one. It's the first time ever in the league. It went three yeah, and a half weeks. That- that was unfortunate, you know, to say the least. But they have that they have assured multiple times they have that solved this year. Um so we I should be seeing you, that. I guarantee you there'll be a deuce hit on the opening kickoff somewhere. I think at least I think to me at least you'll see one one team for sure is gonna get to me two deuces this week. Mm. If, I, I think that's I think so. So this and, is you here, like here, draft here, here's, here's 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 why. <laughs> Like oh, okay. Two and a half, three and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We're sounding like better betters out there. But, but here, here's why I think you're going to hit the over on that. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, let's just see. Uh, I think you're going to hit the over that, man, because what's the incentive not to kick mm-hmm. after it anymore? You're going to hit a rebound net. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, yes, the returns could happen. Say you score a touchdown. You touchdown returns happen in this game a lot more frequently than in the outdoor. However, your return team better be good. If you get them down near the five, down the ten, great field position battle. You're helping yourself that possession. And I think Honestly, both games will be good. You you have way more incentive now than ever to go for the deuce. There's no risk. You aren't pushing them up to the twenty to twenty five. You can decide what happens. Either you get points or you yeah. have a really good kickoff team. And I think that's fantastic. That means we're going to see a lot more deuces. I think this year because you're going to have guys saying, "Screw it. If it doesn't, if it doesn't hit, I'm hitting the net." You know. And if you really miss and you lose a point, then, okay, you're going to probably get dragged to the sideline and we're going to have a little chat with the coach because, remember, if you kick that bad boy out of bounds on a kickoff, sorry, return team gets a point. <laughs> don't know what to tell you. So that could also impact the game. But, like, your risk, either way, if you're a decent enough kicker, it's minimal. You should be able to hit one of those nets easy if you know how to kick a damn ball. So I think we'll have a lot more deuces, even then more than I say 2021. Not so 2022 because of the ball issue – I think you'll see more than 2021 in terms of an average per team. I think so. Just a little bit, just a little bit, just, just a little and it's better. And, and and it might be possible. Now this is just me because I'm going to, I'll be even more positive with this. Now that I'm buying myself even more in, mm-hmm. Hey, maybe between TC Stevens, remember he dudes, a uh, dude's one of the top kickers in the NAL. Anyway, Drew Pearson, who came on the scene last year is one of the top kickers in the NAL. Both might hit too. They could, because again, Where's the risk? They're both very capable of hitting straight onto those nets. So what's the risk? Not really too much. Hit through the hit, kick that thing straight to the uprights if you can. If it's a bar ball, even better. That means that yeah. it's more in your favor. So like, yes, you, there's no unincentivization to kick it inbounds inside the inside the pads. Go for the net. Go for the goalposts and then go for the nets. You know, if it slides all the way. I love this. And that game's going to highlight that the game within the game. Mm-hmm. And two offenses that should, because their quarterbacks are so high caliber and accredited, should be a lot of fun to watch too. If you're going to that game in San Antonio, if you are in San Antonio, get your ticks now. Uh, it's going to be a marquee matchup, and it's going to be a home game. 
um, then you're going to be on a long stretch that they're nine the Freeman. Uh, so for San Antonio, get tickets. Get to this game. This is a marquee game. It's our game of the week. Uh, we're excited about it. We'll tweet about it or during the games. Uh, you'll see videos of the games itself, uh, highlights. So it's one of our marquee matchups this weekend. And I'm excited that the season's here. It's finally here. This game, I'm more looking for like Jacksonville, I think, is more defensive. I think this game here in San Antonio is going to be explosive. Uh, these are two offenses and two quarterbacks that have been there, have done that, have won championships. Um, who are very well experienced in the game. Offenses are loaded. Both teams have good, solid defenses. The question is, I think, is special teams. Who, I th- they both have kickers. Now, you got Miles Kelly for Carolina, and you got Kylie Rashad for uh, San Antonio. It's going to be some strategy. It's going to be sh- interesting. Coach Fuller versus Shaw. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be exciting. And this game is quite unique. Um, we've and again, we'll get into the stats. We'll get into the analytics of every game as we progress in the season. As again, week one is just basically still a preview of the season, but we're Correct. actually breaking down games. Um, but it's time to how everyone wants to know what is Jim's and Zach's ideas of this week. So who, who how we're going to do, how we're going to do this is pretty simple. Zach makes a pick. I make a pick. Well, to ask the reason why probably the score and whatnot and so forth. And, and then we'll get to the game of the week of the final pick and game games. And I'll give you uh checking the script of what I think is going to be the outcome of the game of the week. So let's get to the pick Let's start it. Zach, you take it away, my friend. Yes, indeedy. Fayetteville again, going to Orlando, as we have already highlighted. Remember Rakeem Cato revisiting his former team from last year. I am going to go with the Orlando Predators. And here, here's the deal. It's a, it's a more veteran squad. As we've highlighted all offseason, they brought back most of their key group. Sands, their quarterback, who is playing, obviously, across the way this year in Fayetteville. But again, they have a healthy squad across the board. Brandon Fuentes coming back. Again, I cannot understate how much that was a loss last year for them. That is a huge gain. Freddie Booth Lloyd being healthy and back as well. Massive gain on the front line. He's, I'm projecting to be the defensive specialist on the line for them, and that cannot be understated how he'll be fresh for all those rounds already. You know, Josh Jenkins, you got Lonnie Outlaw, who should hopefully have more of an impact. Jack Sheehan, even though we've had questions, that gentleman did sling in the IFL. I think that game can transition over to the NAL, and I think Fayetteville has a few more questions to answer than Orlando. I got to take the Preds in the jungle. Well, um, here's a shocker, ladies and gentlemen. You know how I am with, you know, quick swerves. You know, I like. <laughs> oh yes, I, like- I almost forgot that this is the time of year now. We got to deal with the swerves <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Uh, so brace yourselves, my people. Brace yourself. Uh, it's not happening down in Orlando. Um, oh, I, I, I like Orlando. Um, Again, it, I think it's because Fayetteville is such a new team. We don't really know what they are at this point. But we know what Orlando is. Um, the quarterback situation is still the question mark, but I think Orlando makes enough plays to win this game uh, in Orlando. Besides, it's an Amway arena, so take the advantage in Orlando. And they, if the game was in Fayetteville, I might be leaning towards Fayetteville on um, that one but yeah no no surprise here i'm taking orlando week one uh over the fayetteville mustangs one down two to go and we're both on the same page sometimes we are all linked up is this a week 
where we are all, both thinking in the in the same mind. You know, great minds do think alike sometimes. Sometimes, and in this case, let's go down to game number two. Jacksonville again traveling to Odessa, Texas, to take on the West Texas Warbirds, the Warbirds' home opener and inaugural home game against the Jacksonville Sharks. By the way, I did miss say the time earlier. That one is going to be at 8:30 Eastern, 7:30 Central, at the hangar itself out there in Odessa, Texas, in Odessa, Texas. So keep that in mind uh, when you are searching for tickets for this matchup in mm-hmm. particular. Um, just to clarify, I am saying the hangar, that real place, go to the Ector County Coliseum. If you're looking up for that, that's where you'll buy tickets, by the way, for your game as well. Now for the actual game, finally getting that out of the way. Here's the deal. I like I like West Texas. The more I have been kind of looking up with them this offseason, I do think that there's going to be some shining moments for them this year. Do I think that they will get an upset week one against the Jacksonville Sharks, who did just get Jason Gibson, who has been one of the most successful head coaches in this league, um, on their squad with a very much loaded squad of veterans and stars on the Sharks off, on the Sharks roster? I'm going to say no. Do I think this is going to be a good game for these two? I think it's going to be better than people expect, but I've got Jacksonville taking the road win to start things off in week one. Um, West Texas, I think they'll put up a good fight. I think it's going to be a defensive battle like we were hinting at, like I was hinting at in the preview. I just don't see it. I, I think now, especially if I'm projecting that Ed Crouch is playing in my eyes, if Crouch plays, I think that they walk away with a win. Um, even if Connor plays, I, Connor plays is going to be harder for me to project. I think I'll still take the overall roster of Jacksonville, but I'm projecting Crouch, and with Crouch in, I think Crouch wins it. It's going to be a hard-fought battle, though, and probably the most defensive battle of the weekend. Like you, um, I've said multiple times, it's going to be a very defensive battle. I think Jacksonville's defense is going to be one of the better defenses in the league, maybe the best when, when the season comes to the end. Um, again, the quarterback question, is it Connor? Is it, uh, couch? I'm going to slide with Connor. So we got two different quarterbacks. <laughs> so, and for me, I just think the experience that Jacksonville has with a lot of the returning players coming back from Jacksonville and a coach like Jason Gibson, who is very well experienced. Um, the stuff, the talk that I've been hearing from Gibson over the last couple of weeks about this team, I've just, I've, I think Jacksonville has the better team. I think this is a sluggish game. Uh, I think West Texas stays in this game for a long time, but I just have a feeling that Jacksonville's defense is going to make a key stop, maybe two, that are crucial in the second half of this game, that Jacksonville wins this game by two possessions, um, but it's going to be a very low and ugly game in West Texas. So I got my hometown team, the Jacksonville Sharks uh, winning um, the open, open opener and making it 12 and three against NFL <laughs> teams on their debuts in the NAL. That trend is in their favor. And if we were betting men, that's a, a statistic that some betters might want to might take in their research if we were to say, um, but yeah, two for two so far stands the quarterback decision, but Hey, two for two. Are we going to be three for three game of the week? As we have been hyping up the Carolina Cobras headed up by now new head coach, James Fuller, former OC last season for the Cobras sliding into that position along with MB NAL MVP quarterback, Charles McCollum back behind center 
at his champ, his former championship winning team. They're going to be traveling to the Freeman Coliseum, which has become quite the hot spot for the San Antonio Gunslingers, with, headed up by Arvell Nelson, of course, with Khalil Rashad, Philip Barnett and company in tow as well. That has definitely been the battle we have been keeping an eye on for week one. My thing is, if you're looking at these two, you know, it's I think it comes down to the finite details and the talent level on this on these rosters. Who do I believe has the bit more of talent that will kind of push things over the top? I got the gunslingers. I, I my thing is, I think with the arena style of play, what's going to come into mind with Kendrick Ings moving on to Fayetteville. You know, I think if Ings is here, this this is it. It's already going to be a fascinating game, I think, in my own right. But I think it becomes even more so if Ings was still with the Carolina Cobras because of how good a return man he is. I think this game gets decided by special teams. And I think Khalil Rashad, along with Drew Pearson, is going to allow the Gunslingers to pull away in the end, maybe a possession or in a half or so, to where it's going to put it out of reach in the possession battle between these two. I think you're going to see a back-and-forth game. I think it's going to be offensive for the most part, but it's going to be coming down to those finite details on the special teams, especially with the Nets. This game, I think, will highlight the Nets' positives being added to arena football and back into the NAL. And the Gunslingers are going to highlight it thanks to Cleaver Shad with a return touchdown. And I think Drew Pearson with at least two deuces in this game. We lost. Wait a minute, I'm not supposed to lose. Let me see the script. What does the script say, Jim? Oh, well, I got the script right here because everyone knows that this lovely game is rigged and Jim gets high-class <laughs> documents. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang on. You say rigged? <laughs> well, Let's slow this down a second. <laughs> well, it's well, people, it's rigged. You know, Kansas City was supposed to win the Super Bowl. You know, it, that's rigged. The NFL is rigged. College football is rigged. It's everything. Oh, Football's okay. rigged, man. Okay, okay. I got, I got the transcript right in my hands. From Commissioner Sig- Siegfried, and it states oh. right here: Kali Rashad has four touchdowns, three special teams. Arvell Nelson, Whoa. Arvell Nelson does not throw one turnover, and San Antonio wins this game comfortably. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. What I mean about say- comfortably, I'm saying it's going to be about 17 points or more. Did you say Khalil Rashad scores three special teams touchdowns? Yes, three special. This script's right here, man. I have it right here. It's what it says. What? Yes. Checking the script. Yeah, I got San Antonio. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Though the method, I will say, is different than how you got there. I will, I will put it out that, wow, first week, yeah. we're on the same page. That's not going to stay the same, but uh, on the same page. I actually went back and I uh, checked a lot of our records, which is funny is that halfway to th- halfway through the season last year, I was up almost seven games on you in the standings, oh, wow. seven games. Oh, wow. And at the end of the year, get this, no joke. At the end of the year, after the championship game was done, you won by one game. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even track. No, I, 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 I gave up on tracking. I was like, let me go back and look at these pickums. I'm like, well, at week, seven, at week eight, I was up by seven. I was like, oh, there's only three games each week. There's only some games or two. And at the end of the championship game, you were up by one. Because you see how I, unpredictable this league is? Like, yeah, the talent floor is so spread out now that it makes it like, great for like trying to guess yeah. who's going to come out on top. Because here's the thing. I went one and, th- one and th- two in the playoffs. You went two and one. 
That's wild. <laughs> that is wild. Because <laughs> I picked Jacksonville to beat Albany. You did. I do yes. remember that. Yes. And you picked, uh, we both picked Carolina, so that was our, our, our loss right there. But we both did pick Car- uh, Carolina to beat Columbus last and, year. Yeah. And I That's remember. That's how we came, in the, we came in the playoffs tied. <laughs> and I remember the championship yeah. that I don't remember. I remember picking the same trend that mm-hmm. I wasn't sure that the Albany Empire could pull off. Yeah the the win and sure enough they proved me wrong so you know there we go but <laughs> funny stuff we got to track that a little closer this oh, year it's we'll... gonna be it's gonna be tracked it's gonna be like how our standings are up on the top of the screen yes ladies and gentlemen that's the current standings in the nl you can put any team in a random order because everyone's zero and zero so when see, you're watching the... our shows next week and you like, what's the standing just look up top it stays right there see, see this guy right here it's all thanks to him he puts uh, these graphics together. He puts these oh. lovely layouts and all that. He, don't, give him credit. He does a lot to set this show up to look nice and pretty and professional. Thank you very much. You do a ton. And it, it's stuff like this. I love this. Mm-hmm. You know, I love what you do with this, man. Hey, it's fun. I, I love this game. Uh, th- these players need a, a coverage like what we do for the sport. And it, it, for me, it's a hobby. I love doing it and I enjoy it. And I can't wait for this weekend. Um, I may get in trouble for watching arena football this weekend, but <laughs> just, just I very subtle, but I will be watching my sharks. I know there's be other games. Uh, if you, I know our discord is going to be active. I know Justin's going to do well on our Twitter this weekend, uh, giving you updated scores and highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, so follow us on, on social media, all of our platforms and walls pod, Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitter, uh, everything's there. Uh, it's going to be an exciting season. I'm happy that we have finally have ended our preview talks. We broke down some games, and I know we have coaches out there. So I know you guys need to get more analytical. When we get stats, we'll get better. Um, Mason will join us next week for a lot of the breakdowns uh, to get into the actual season. Uh, he is currently going through spring football, so he'll be sporadic for a couple of game of uh, episodes, but. This is the NAL kickoff show 2023. Uh, if you're listening to this now, uh, it's Friday morning, Friday afternoon on the East Coast um, in Arizona. still Friday morning. Uh, we are within 24 hours of kickoff of the 2023 season. And we will be back um, next week. Um, yes, we will. Wednesday or maybe Tuesday, depending I would like to have like a Tuesday, Friday, so there is a buffer in there. We'll try to do that. We'll figure it out, but you'll get two shows. Our recap show, we're told trying to name it. This is a kickoff show. Next week's, next Friday's episode, it's NNL Game Day. That's the new name. No final walkthroughs, NAL Game Day. That'll be next Friday. We'll figure out the name for the uh, uh, the first show of the week. We'll, we'll work in progress. We'll get it all sorted out. <laughs> Remember, ladies and gentlemen, Friday, Mustangs and Predators in Amway Center. Again, I say everything's on Saturday. Sharks, Warbirds over there in the Coliseum in Odessa and the game of the week as we just did the Carolina Cobras at the San Antonio Gunslingers. Week one of the NAL is here. And for you folks up in Albany, you get to watch a lot of film on everybody. Yes, you do. <laughs> I know. Um, next week, more action. It's going to be exciting. Week one is here. Enjoy the week. Remember to follow us on Twitter social media. Thank you for the support over the last eight weeks. Thank you to Arvell Nelson, Kyle Rashad, uh, Zach Brown, 
Kendrick Ings, mm. all the players that have joined us this preseason to preview the upcoming year. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Next week, we'll be heading up to Albany for the game of the week between Orlando and the Albany Empire. We will have an Albany football player on this time. Uh, appreciate it. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jim Mernier. That's Zach Callum. This has been a hell of a show, hell of a year. Ladies and gentlemen, Arena Football is back, and it's back here in the National Arena League. See you guys next week. Be safe, by the way. Drink responsibly. If you see me, remember, if you see me, I survived the wedding, and I'm watching some football. (laughs) See you next week. Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier.